All right, I don't have much time, so let's turn to Luke. Sorry, Ruth. Turn to Ruth 2. I'm going to continue on my series in Ruth. I'm really excited to preach this message today. How many guys know I'm excited every Sunday? But today, I'm a little extra. You know, like a little extra. I don't know how you guys say it in your generation. Extra is like, it's kind of a negative term, right? You're like, extra. But this, can you just oblige me? An extra today is good. Today is good. It's good to have Jenny back. And the audience. Amen. She's an encouragement to me. Ruth 2. Verse 1. Now Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech. If you guys remember, that was Naomi's husband, whose name was Boaz. Everybody say Boaz. Boaz. That's a pretty cool name to name your son. Boaz. Bo. What's your name? My name is Bo. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go to the field. Everybody say, let me go. These are things that I want to highlight to you. When you read the Bible, something comes out, like just kind of leaps at you. This is what you're supposed to study. Let me go to the field. It just leapt at me. I've been, I read, studied Ruth so many times, but I was just struck by the idea or the, or the truth that Ruth did not just sit around waiting for uh, permission. She asked for permission. <laughs> she didn't just sit around going, I just want to, I'm going to wait until God shows me something. No, she said, God, let me go. She's asking Naomi, but in her heart, she's activating her faith. She said, I'm not going to just be passive, I'm going to be active. Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of the grain after him in whose sight I shall find favor. Everybody say, I shall find favor. Let me go and find favor. She said to her, go my daughter. So she set out and went out and gleaned the field after the reapers and she happened to come to the part of the field. Everybody say, happened to come. In the Hebrew, it actually means she chan her chance chanced. That's what it says in the Hebrew. Her chance chanced upon the field that belonged to Boaz, who was a relative of Elimelech, who was in the clan, who was in his clan. And so the Israel, Israel, -like, uh, Israel had this system of protection for the widows and the orphans who couldn't protect themselves. So if a widow if, a, if somebody's husband died and they became a widow, it was the right of a kinsman redeemer. Everybody say kinsman redeemer. Somebody in their relative, a brother, can take the wife, take that person as a wife to protect her from being marginalized, being homeless. It was like kind of their social security system. Okay, it was their safeguard for the people who don't have anything. So Boaz would just happen to be in the clan of all the people, hundreds of people, because it was harvest season. Everybody was harvesting. She just happened, her chance happened to chance upon the very place of the land of Boaz who happened to be the relative of Naomi. Wow. Everybody say wow. That is amazing. Wow. That's the new... Uh, Slogan for Hyundai cars like, wow. That's wow for Korean. Wow. That's a wow. That's a wow happening. Let me go. Her chance happened to chance upon the very place of Boaz, the relative of Naomi. And gleaning the, among the ears was by law allowed for the people who were marginalized, who didn't have fields, who didn't have anything for them. So they actually were allowed to pick around the edges of the field, the leftovers. It was basically their, I don't know, social security system. Notice that though, she didn't just sit around and waiting for people to bring it to her. She had to go work. How many of you guys know we're supposed to work? Can I hear an amen for that? I believe in security. I believe in protection of people, but God has designed us so that we work. 
If you do not work, you're outside the design of God. No matter what you do, you honor God through work. Working at McDonald's, working as a sanitation department, working as a garbage person, it doesn't matter what you do. Every kind of work is honorable because we're designed to work, sweat, feel good, know that we're, that's what we're designed to do. Read all the Proverbs. Amen? Yeah. Amen. You guys alive today? Yeah. Can I hear, like, I'm alive? I'm alive. Okay, just, just check in if you guys are alive. Even like Dave Harvey, um, Dave Jewett said, are you guys okay? Are you guys alive? <laughs> he said that, right? You guys, you guys there? Because he's used to also, even in his bapt- as a Baptist minister, <laughs> he's used to people like saying, amen. All right, so can we show that video? This is a movie that I watched just recently, and I cried. How many guys know I cry at movies? But not sad movies, but inspirational movies. And I'm like crying, and my wife is just looking at me like, it's a Disney movie, honey. It's a movie about Cheetos. I'm like, it's so good. It just touched my heart. It is so good. I was like, I wasn't just tearing up. I was literally, <laughs> oh, no. So I like we all write our own stories. Where is Richard? I'd like to speak to him. I'm here. This time. That's me, the Mero Mero, Mr. Richard Montañez. I'm the guy who helped bring the world the most popular snack it's ever seen. Are you ready? Abuevo. I've been ready. All right, all right. It was a little bit more like this. Spicy? Yeah, see, that's how I got here. Dear God, please forgive me for the gang, the drugs, the stolen cars. What the heck, man? Let's move it. Hey, he's praying, pendejo. Go ahead, baby. The guy started at the very bottom. I know I don't look it, but I got a PhD. Hmm. I'm poor, hungry, and determined, sir. Okay, I can see you're gonna be a weird one. What's happening? Way off, son. Lots of them. Frito-Lay isn't getting enough orders to keep the factory open. Who eats Cool Ranch anyway? That lady. Ow, 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 ow. What is it? It burns. Well, stop eating it. No, I like it. It works good. I had been searching for an answer. And there it was. They had been there the entire time. You're gonna idea. It's a spicy chip. It's gonna change everything. It will save our factory. And you're a janitor. Okay, no, 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 hang on. No one could kill you. Figure out the next step. Say, the Hispanic market will not be ignored. The Hispanic market will not be ignored. Good, but in your voice. Why are we wasting time on this janitor's crazy idea? Guys like you and me, we don't get shots like this. You see that guy right there? I see a chingon, a montañez. Yo soy montañez. Get out there and be great. We want to know that we matter to you. If we knew that there was a product out there for us, we'd say, take all our money, cabrones. I got a little hood there at the end, but... Burns burns good or burns bad? bad? It burns good. Oh! <laughs> Alright, so watch that movie. You will know why I showed you that clip later on in the sermon. That's actually a true story. The guy who had no education, no high school degree, became one of the richest people at Frito-Lay, our market uh, executive. Right, honey? It's a good movie, right? She didn't cry, but I cried. <laughs> All right. So, verse 3, it says this. She happened to come, and the Hebrew literally says, she chanced to chance. She took a chance, and it happened to be the chance that she was waiting for. It was the divine appointment or the right time. She just happens to randomly come to this point in life where something breaks open. They're in destitute. If you remember following me from last week, you know that Ruth and Naomi are in a desperate situation. They got no hope for anything. They're just basically beggars on the street. They have nothing. They're marginalized. They're on the edges. There is no system of uh, 
the Israelites created the system for them to just survive, but they're just merely surviving. They can't really, they have no hope of the future. The word happened in the Hebrew, if you do the, if you really go into the dissection of that word, is allow oneself to be encountered. I got a new Bible program. My school bought it for me. Almost $400. Thank God for the school. Wanting to develop my leadership skills. He said, how do you justify that? How do you justify that program, Steve? If I'm more spiritual and connected to God, I will be a better leader. And they're like, all right. <laughs> Allow oneself to be encountered. Come to a place of meeting. Allow one yourself, allow one yourself to encounter allow oneself to encounter to find yourself at the right place you're allowing the sovereignty of God to happen and that's what providence is all about sovereignty of God is not determination it's not predetermination where everything just happens to you. Yes, there are things that happen and it's a mystery of God, but the normative operation of God in our lives is this. He requires that we allow ourselves to be positioned in a place for the favorable season to occur. That's what the Hebrew word means, to encounter. It means to allow, 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 allow something to happen. Allow oneself to be encountered. To find yourself in that place for the allowing the chance, she chanced and the chance happened. She positioned herself for favor. That's what kairos means. That's the same word in the Hebrew that's translated into the Greek. It's the word kairos. It's a special moment in time when the heavens open and God shines through. Whoa! And you know it's the Lord. But for the whole time you're living, for the few months or the weeks or the years you're living, you're living in such a, such a way that you are expecting. You are allowing the Lord to invade your life. Because if you don't expect the Lord to invade your life, you will never see it. Favor actually means popularity. To be agreeable, likable. That's what the word favor means. To be charming. I know charming has a negative term. term but it's like... You're casting a spell on somebody, but it means to be likable, to be attractive, to be magnetic, to be noticed, to be irresistible. God wants to, be, God wants to pour, pour something in your life that is magnetic and attractive. He wants to make your life so magnetic. People want to do things for you. Can somebody say Amen. You want to live a life like that or you want to live a life by yourself just like no magnetism, no charm, no nothing, no likability, no agreeable. You're just walking around going, no faith, no, but nobody likes me, I don't care. You want to live like that or you want to live in the favor of God where He is disp favorably dispositioned towards you that when you walk into a room, you're like a magnet. Can somebody say amen? I don't know about you, but I want to live like that. That's my, that's my life story. There's things that happen in my life. I'm like, what the heck is going on? But God is still continuing that story. But most of my life, the normative process of my life is that God has shone His light upon me in a favorable season. I'm like, what the heck is this? How did that happen? Why do you want to mentor me? Why did, you know, my mentor, Dave, he's like, a, he's meeting with <laughs> global leaders and then I walked into a room, and he said, when you and Sonia walked into a room, it's really Sonia's favor too. More her favor than me, because she's, yes, that's how I get a lot of favor, through my wife. You guys got to marry the right person. Walk into a room, and then he looked at me, and he said, I got to get to know those people. That's called favor. He said, as soon as you walked into the room, I said, I got to get to know those guys. Something on you. That's called favor. Magnetism. You guys want to live like that? Do you want that or no? Do you want, no, I'm good. I'm good living without favor. I'm good. I'm okay with my just one job and fine. And I don't need favor, ascension, nothing. I don't need any blessings. It's all right. How many guys want that? Or how many guys want 
the magnetism of God to surround you. You guys want to know the secret? I'm going to give you some secrets. Is that okay? You got to know the Father who works for you to create your favorable season. There, see, there's chronological time, and you work in this time. You just work, 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 and nothing is happening. But the test of your faith is when nothing is happening. When nothing is happening, you're just going to work. Just an ordinary day, just an ordinary day going to pick some wheat. You're just an ordinary day going to work. This is ordinary day, ordinary people, ordinary circumstances. Your disposition is that you are walking in the ordinary, expecting the extraordinary. Because you know that God is favorably dispositioned. He wants to pour out favor upon you guys. I don't know if you guys understand what I'm trying to say. You got to believe in a God that says, I'm working for you. I am your father. I'm your Abba. I am working behind the scenes for your goodness, for your favor, to, so that you may see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And when you're going through the ordinary circumstances of your life or even traumatic situations, God is testing you to reveal whether you still trust in the goodness of God. I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Look at Ruth's situation. Her situation was dire, terrible. Naomi said, call me bitter. You want to be bitter or you want to get better? I don't want to, I don't know about you, but I want to get better. I don't want to stay in bitterness because bitterness blinds you. Ruth is like, Naomi, I know you're having a hard time seeing God right now. But can you just let me go? I know I'm not even an Israelite, but you are. But give me permission. You don't want to go work, but I'll work for us. Let me go work. Let me get a job at McDonald's. Let me do something. I just want to, don't want to just sit here. Let me do whatever. It, I'll just clean the streets. Whatever you need me to do. Let me go. She's saying, let me go. So that I, it's not just let me go work so that we'll just barely survive. She said, what did she say? Read it. So that I shall faint, find favor. She's not even a Jew. She just converted. She's saying, your God is my God, and I believe what the Bible, I believe all that you told me, Naomi. You may not believe right now, but I believe. How many guys know we need people like that in my life? When you don't believe somebody to say, well, you may not believe right now, but let me have faith for the both of us. Isn't that the story of the paralytic? The friends brought the paralyzed man, and their faith healed Amen? He said, I, she said, I shall find favor. She's saying, hey, listen. I believe in the God that you told me about. I believe in the God of Abraham. I believe in the God of Moses. I believe in all the stories. So here it is. I'm going to trust in that God, and I'm going to do whatever it takes, and I'm going to go find it. How many of you guys know we're supposed to find favor? I don't know if you believe what I'm saying. God is working all around us. There's opportunities all around us. It's just that you don't have the eyes to see what God is doing in the ordinary. Your breakthrough could be in the ordinary relationships. Your breakthrough could be sitting right next to you, Tyler. <laughs> Ruth is saying, show me what you see as I go. Let me go. And as I go, I'm going to believe that you're going to show me whatever you need to show me by faith. Not show me and then I'll go. It's that as I go, show me. A lot of you guys are bound by fear. Fear is the manifestation of... When you fear, then your manifestation of that fear is control. And control always looks like calculation hesitancy, overanalyzing, paralysis of an analysis. There's an opportunity. The harvest season only lasted a few days. She saw the opportunity and she said, well, I don't have a field, but you know what? I'm going to go to a field and I'm going to find somebody to give me some favor in this field. 
you guys are understanding. You got to have faith that God is working behind the scenes. He's working somehow at this situation. He's going to working. He's working. He's working. He's doing things. My favorite play at Willingdon Church, I told you guys this before, but I, some of you guys are new. You've never, sing, you've never heard me sing this before, but it's one of my favorite pl- Christmas plays. One of the first few, couple years I came to Vancouver, I went to Willingdon. My friends came, told me, let's go to Willingdon Christmas play. I'm like, sure, why not? Let's go. That's why I don't have any Christmas events during Christmas because why come we don't do anything? Why? Go to Coastal, Willingdon. They have like these amazing plays. Go there. It's the same story, guys. <laughs> just <laughs> nothing new <laughs> under the sun. Just go there. They do amazing things. And we, can, we can just partake. Wow. And I could rest. Amen? Yeah. I went to Willingdon, and then they had this play. God is working. He is working. He is working all the time. All the time. God is working. He is working. God is working all the time. That's all I remember. <laughs> I remember, I just remember like my kid, my kid, Zach was a baby. I don't know if he remembers. But I came home, I like, looked at my wife and I said, God's working, honey. God is working. He, he is working. He is working all the time. And she got so sick of me, like, just shut up. Just stop it. God is working, yes. But this is, wow, he's working. You really need to have faith that God is working. He's not abandoned you. He's not behind the scenes going, oh, I fell asleep. He's like, I'm sorry that happened. I have no plan for you. He's like, he knows all things. He, he is the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God. He knows all things. He is present in everything. And he's all powerful to change any situation around. He's working for your good and for the good of the world. We forget that. He's not just working for you. It's not all about you. It's about you and the good of the world because your story your life story is a, just, a, just a pin drop, but that pin drop can have repercussions for generations. That's the beauty of your life on this earth. Amen? If it's just about you, you can't wait. You can't be patient, but it's about you and the world. That's why you got to wait. You got to wait for it to bake. Don't open the oven too early. My chicken wings, I always open the oven too early. <laughs> when is this ready? When is this ready? My wife's like, it's not just your chicken wings, it's my chicken wings. Keep it in the oven. I like it crispy, but I'm like, I can't, I'm so hungry, I just eat it. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? It's not just about you, it's about the world. That chicken wings analogy is weird. Anyways. You gotta have faith in the Father who's working, you gotta have faith in the Father who rewards faith. This is Boaz, verse 11 and 12. Because Boaz looked at her and said, hey, who's that? That's favor. Who's that? And then Naomi's like, thank you for letting me reap uh, harvest in your land. And she said, she said, she fell on her face and bowing to the ground and said to him, why have I found favor in your sight? The Bible says, why? She found favor, and she's like, why have I found favor? She doesn't even know exactly what she's doing. Since I am a foreigner, you're not even supposed to give me favor. Boaz replied to her, all that you have done for your mother-in-law after the death of your husband has been fully reported to me. See, that kinsman redeemer is the same kind of uh, word for the redeemer of Jesus who redeems all things. So the story of Ruth and Boaz, Boaz is kind of like a Jesus figure to us. That's why Jesus came through that line. Okay, you guys hear what I'm trying to say? Boaz replied to her, And all that you have done for your mother-in-law and after the death of your husband has been fully reported to me and how you left your father. You're all in. You didn't hesitate. You just left everything. Abandoned everything with no prospects of a good job money or anything. You could have been homeless, but you abandoned everything for the covenant you had with Naomi and you went all in with her God. Verse 12, may the Lord reward your work. Mm. 
How many guys know faith is rewarded? It pleases God. That's what the Bible says. You guys read the Bible, right? It says you cannot please God without faith. And he, he is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. Hebrews 11, without faith it is impossible to please him. Hebrews 11, 3 to 7. Whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists. How many of you guys know he exists? And that he rewards those who seek him. Hmm. Heard of your faith. I have heard of your faith. I have seen you. I see you. And it's time for your reward. For your faith. How many of you guys know God sees us? I see you. You think I'm absent from your life? I watch everything you do. He's not a micromanager watching you going. Stop that. He's not your isn't how your earthly parents going, why are you doing that? Why are you eating that? Stop that. I did that to all his life. I'm so sorry, son and father's day. <laughs> He's always like, don't worry, dad. I don't need counseling. It's okay. But you may. I'll pay for it. <laughs> it's, it's all good. How many of you guys know God sees us? It's not just that God is working. The Energeo, energeo, the, in the word in Greek, the, the, the supernatural energy of God comes from knowing that God is watching us. People ask me all the time, like, how is your faith so strong? How do you keep going? How do you do all these jobs? How do you work so hard? And I'm like, yeah, I just work half days. They're, they're like, you only work six hours? No, I, there's 24 hours in a day, so I work 12 hours. I work half days. Ha, 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 ha. How do you do that? Where do you get the energy? I get the energy because I know that God is a rewarder of faith. And that he's watching me. I'm not doing this for my dean, my vice provost. For you even, I'm doing it for the Lord. Whatever God has put me to do, I will do it with excellence because I'm doing it unto the Lord. Because I know he is watching. Boaz is like, I don't know you, but I've heard of your faith. I have heard of what you've done. I've heard of the fact that you went all in with God. God sees our faith. He said, you went all in with me, I'm all in with you. Do you guys understand what I'm trying to say? That excites me. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I, I get excited waking up all day. I'm like, God, I'm all in with you, no matter what. And the Lord looks down and he goes, I'm all in with you. Now, this is not about heaven and hell. Do you understand? You believe in the Lord Jesus, you're going to go to heaven. But I want to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I want, to be, I want the Lord to have favorable disposition towards me so that I would be a magnetic draw for people to shine, shower favor upon my life so that I may do the works of the kingdom. Do you understand? not about me you guys are like it's just about me getting favor and then you really don't understand the gospel the gospel is like bless me Lord bless me so that I may bless others make me extraordinary rich make me make me a billionaire so that I could give 990 billion million dollars to the world and I could live on 10 million how many guys know 10 million is pretty good Make some good investment, you could be pretty comfortable for the rest of your life. Am I looking for a big house? Am I looking for a big car? No, I'm not looking for cars and all that. I'm just looking for abundance of riches so that I may actually change a nation. Do you, do you guys understand what I'm trying to say? Can I hear an amen? I'm trying to bless you guys. I see you. I have heard of your faith. It's come to my ears. It's tickled my ears and it pleases me. How many guys know God watches to bless you? 
not to curse you and punish you. I saw what you did last night. Calvin. I'm watching you, Tyler. Watch it. Be careful. Be careful. Is that the way the Lord operates? Is that the Lord? That's your father. That's your mother. That's your boss. That's bad leadership. But the father says, I'm watching you. And I just can't wait. Please me. Just please me. Don't you know? Believe in me. Because if you believe in me, I will pour out blessings upon you so that you may be a blessing. I'm not pouring blessings upon you. You just don't get it. You just want blessings for yourself. But if your heart becomes magnanimous for the world and you want to glorify me and you believe in me, you believe I'm working, you believe that I'm a God of all resources and you believe that every situation he can turn around. I've heard about you. Amen? He's the father who works in the ordinary to create the extraordinary. Because he's watching and he's watching to bless you. He knows whatever you do right now is just temporary. Whatever you're working at right now, it may not be your dream job. It may not be what you desired and what you intended. It might, even what you're studying, it might be not the best thing. Do you understand what I'm trying to You're like, sometimes you're not motivated, but you do it unto the Lord because you know he's watching he's testing he's like, do you believe me do you believe that I can work through this situation when I first came to Vancouver I worked at a Presbyterian church the most stuffy conservative controlling Presbyterian church there ever was it's one of wow but I felt like God called me to this weird church and my friends were like why are you there I don't know you have to wear a suit every day, every Sunday? Yes. <laughs> they start laughing at me. What a loser. Why don't you stay in California where you can wear shorts? I'm like, shut up. Just shut up. Not the ideal situation. Then I created this ministry kind of went rogue and created a campus ministry and started getting big and people getting saved and people walking in from the before the nest people just walk in and go like, what's going on and then boom got hit by the Holy Spirit and they got saved it was really amazing I would do altar calls and these gangsters would come like well they're not gangsters they're a student Asian gangsters one of these I identify they got saved do, do you understand and the Lord convicted me, shut that down. Go back to your first assignment, to that Presbyterian stuffy place. He said, I'm watching you to see if you believe that I can create something extraordinary from this ordinary or even the less than ideal situation. Do you believe me? So I went back and I rolled up my sleeve and I worked harder for the Lord. And then the favor came. And then the blessings came. And they called me into the office and said, I'm going to give you a church. Oh, you're firing me? No, I'm giving you money so that you can have a church. Go back and go and do whatever you want to do. They didn't, had no idea what I was going to do, but you know what I'm talking about. Ordinary, everyday things, ordinary job, ordinary people, ordinary day. It was just another day. It was just work. It was just work. Ruth just went and she just worked ordinary. Ordinary becomes extraordinary. You understand that God wants to intervene in your life. That he's watching and he's planning things. But are you going to participate with him with your faithfulness in the ordinary? Hmm. You know, a lot of us, you may not want to hear this, but a lot of us have an entitlement kind of a syndrome going on. As I hear you talk, this is a little gentle reminder and rebuke, and I remind myself, because my wife tells me, 
You have a sense of entitlement. It could creep in at any time. Just feeling like I'm better than this. I'm more gifted than this. I have better things to do than be with a bunch of people that don't understand me. You understand what I'm trying to say? Entitlement can creep in. There's a sense of self-importance. Like I'm better. I should... I shouldn't be working at this job. I should be, I'm more better. I'm gifted. Do you know who I am? I am Steve Kim. I've entertained kings and countries. I'm here with a bunch of 25-year-olds that hardly show up sometimes. And whenever I say amen, they're like, amen, amen. I don't get it. Amen, amen. I've gone to countries where hundreds of people, pastors, leaders, regional leaders, business people, Governmental leaders, when I preach, they're like getting up and going like this, high-fiving each other and sweating. They're like, you guys been there? Come to Africa? I'm not lying. Am I lying? I'm not lying. And I come back and <laughs> I got a bunch of, I got, I got Jenny. <laughs> I want you to come to Africa with me. You'll be at home. You're like, oh, hi, hi. Isn't it great? Hi. That's what she's going to be doing can creep in at you at any time. I told my mentor that. I said, I think I'm better than all this, Dave. And he said, yes, you have called to do way more, Steve, but this is your testing ground. I said, but I've gone through that test many years. Do I have to do it again? He goes, the test never ends. take out the disease. Do you understand what I'm saying? It can creep in. You just got to repent. And if you stay in entitlement, it makes you bitter. But the opposite of entitlement is privilege. Wow, I am honored to live in this country. I am privileged that I have a job. I am thankful that I have legs that I can walk. I'm thankful that we have a good transit system called the Canada Line where I can go. I am thankful that I have a bunch of young people that need me to guide them. I'm thankful that they showed up. Oh! I'm thankful that I have a job. I'm thankful that my dean loves me. I had a professional review this week. A plus people. You're, you know, typical Asian, A plus. It's like, we are honored to have you. It's our privilege that you are a faculty. Thank you, Dean. I didn't do that. I said, thank you. <laughs> honored to be here. You're a great dean, too. And I started prophesying to her. She didn't know it. How many guys know you can prophesy to people and they don't know that you're prophesying? She's like, that really hit home. I know, it's the Lord. But I didn't say that. You're welcome. I am privileged. I got to change my attitude. I got to change my attitude. Like God is watching. He is my boss. He's my father and my boss. He's given me an opportunity to show what I'm worth in this situation that's less than ideal. But God, you are a God of faithfulness. In this situation, you're just training my heart to receive what you have in store for me ahead. That's how I always think. So I'm going to get to work. I'm going to work with God. When I don't work with God, it's toil, and I get burnt out. I work with God. I put in my 12 half hour. I put in my half days, 12 hours a day. Last week, I think I worked 12 hours a day every day. And then this week, I looked at my schedule, and my wife's like, what are you doing? Every day, you're jam-packed. Take a day off. Okay, Monday. Okay, take a day off. But I'm like, you know, I don't get burnt out. I'm energized physically tired but I'm energized why because I know this is all counting towards something something is happening in rain city do you understand something is moving in this I can't see it but in the spiritual realm God is doing something he's at work God is working he is working he's working all the time so I have to be content I have to be so excited you're doing something I'm waiting for the Kairos moment, but I'm just going to do what I'm supposed to do. And I'm going to do it unto the Lord because you're watching me. 
And what I do right now tests my faith in that you are working. And you are my boss. You are my father. You are my master. I am your servant. I am your son who is a servant. Whatever you want me to do. Gotta work. I worked. I worked for Sonia. Do you think she's just gonna marry any Joe that's lie on the couch and just play video games all day? No, she was watching me. Is this guy gonna work and take care of me? Although she wasn't watching me like this. But she was watching me with her beautiful eyes. <laughs> How much does he study? Even when I worked out, she's like, you're getting a little too big. But the discipline, she's like watching me. And you know who else is watching me? Her parents were watching me. You know what her mother always talks? Her mother always says, she's going to call me today and go, Happy Father's Day, son. And then she'll get on the phone with Sonia and say, Sonia, do you know how blessed you are to be married to somebody like Steve? She's like, I know, I know. And I, I'm like, put it on the speakerphone. I just want to hear it. Thanks, Mom. You're the best. No, you're the best. You're the best son-in-law ever. What did we do to deserve you? I'm like, oh my gosh. What a, am I exaggerating? That's exactly what they do every year. You're going to get that, son, from Adeline Yap. Just as Mom said, she already says, what a, so beautiful, what a beautiful son. Thank you for giving, thank you for letting him marry our daughter. I'm like, no, thank you, thank you. Just is like, what am I? No, I say, thank you for letting him marry your daughter. Thank you. But you know, I, I earned that. I earned their trust. I didn't know I was going to get married. I didn't know what I was doing, but I just knew, you got to work hard. It's just the discipline of knowing that there's something better. Do you understand? They would watch me. Sonia, would, she had supernatural memory, so I'm just going to end with this. She has supernatural memory, so she would memorize like psych book. She would never put any notes. You know acronyms, highlighting? Do you guys know that? If you go back to London, Ontario, you see her textbook, it's almost brand new. She could sell it for full price. She put a pencil mark on the corner just to remind herself she read that page. I'm like, what is the point? She said, I just want to know that I read it. She reads it one time. She goes to sleep. I'm studying in her house. I'm not like that. I'm not that smart. I gotta read it like five, six times, memorize it, make acronyms, highlight everything, different colors. I'm just doing all that, making notes. And I'm studying all night. I'm studying all night. And her parents come in at 10 o'clock at night, watch me. They don't really say anything to me, just watch me. Go upstairs, five in the morning, they wake up for morning prayer, they watch me. I'm still in the same place. Then after that exam, I go work at the dry cleaners for free. I do mow their lawn, vacuum their house, shovel their driveway. I do, I do all those things, you know, they still talk about that. Because I knew I could trust my daughter with you. Do you guys know that? How many guys know God loves you? Raise your hands if you think God loves you. Now keep your hands up if you think God trusts you. That's a different story. <laughs> You're like, oh. <laughs> Sometimes, I don't know. God loves you, but He only entrusts His most prized possessions to His people. You know, He blesses you to bless people, He promotes you to bless people. to people he can trust, that understands that ordinary can be extraordinary, that God intervenes, he's watching how you operate. Do you, do you guys understand the words coming out of my mouth? Yes? All right, let's stand. Can you put on that last slide I made? I want you to watch this and just remember this. If you don't remember anything, just watch this. Can you read that? My cursive writing is not that good. 
Altitude, aptitude, and attitude. Can you guys move aside for a second? Altitude. Altitude is how high you go in life. Right? Favor. Aptitude is your developing of your skills, your design, who you are, what you're created to do. Amen? We're all developing aptitude. We're getting better and better. We're studying. We're developing our skills. Yes? Can I just hear a strong yes? yes. Altitude is up to God and you. Aptitude is up to God. He's giving you natural abilities, but it's up to you to develop that. Yes? Attitude is all you. It's all on you. It's not God and you. It's you. It's your perspective. It's your attitude. How you go about your day. Your, pres your, your presence. Your persona. Go to work and have an attitude that God is going to elevate you. He's going to help you develop your skills. He's going to favorably shine His good face upon you in your life so that you become a magnet for, magnet for His blessings. Walk around your job like that with that attitude and see what happens. Can I give you a guarantee? Walk around like that and see what kind of open doors you get. Walk, go to work like this. I'm so happy I'm working. Thank you, God. Give you a job. Wow. I failed when I first got a job at Sportmart. I got a master's degree and I'm working at Sportmart for minimum wage with a bunch of college students listening to heavy metal music and talking about parties. Like, what? What am I? What? I'm a pastor. They couldn't pay me enough, so I was like tutoring a 16-year-old. My attitude is so bad. I got fired from that sport mark job. It was, they were like, well, we don't need you anymore. I was like, oh, because the staff changes. And, just... and I, I came home. I'm like, I have a master's degree. I got terminated from the most minimal job. It was humbling. You know what it was? My attitude. I try to do hard work, but you know what my attitude was? I'm better than
God of the God of the breakdown. 